Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Emerge From Your Box podcast. I've got a super amazing guest today. He's here all the way from Johannesburg in South Africa. And by here, I mean on this Zoom and on this podcast, because I'd love to go to South Africa. At the moment, we just can't do that. So his name is Nathaniel Dickey, and he's an internal energy master. We connected because I just felt into his energy, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to get to know this human being. And... um. Without further ado, welcome. Thank you, Margaret. It's great to be here with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making the time to be here. I know that I'm, you know, we're, we're so busy these days, but we're never too busy to share from the heart. So, you know, Nathaniel's got yeah. a powerful backstory and I don't know that story yet, but for the first time, he's going to share that with us because, you know, we've got a lot of things that we do, a lot of roles that we play and a lot of people that we impact, but there's always a reason and a why um, and a how that people have done that. So I want to hear your story, Nathaniel. Tell us who you are. Okay. Where shall I start? So, yeah, to give a little background, I, I was born and raised in South Africa and I was also born into a, a religious family setting. So the religion is uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, many people know it as uh, Mormonism. And... Also, at a very young age, uh, I was three years old. My parents divorced. So later in life, I, I uncovered quite a bit of trauma, uh, childhood trauma from that. Uh, it was a unique uh, thing because I, got, I had like two sets of parents. So I had my, my mom and my stepdad, and then I had my my father and my stepmother and so and all my step siblings and and also my blood siblings siblings so that's that was unique for me uh, growing up in that setting it's a huge um thing to adapt to as a three-year-old you know and and forward yeah i i remember i i remember living at three years old, funny enough, I can recall quite a bit of my early childhood memories, like going towards like one and two years old. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was unique because I remember waking, like literally waking up one day and I was in another house. Like, I don't really remember the transition from the one place to the next. And I think that was where a lot of the initial trauma was. And so it was kind of blocked out. And yeah, so, so yeah. Yeah, it's in the early stages of um, our childhood, you know, that state of theta when you're kind of hypnotized and you're, you know, you're sort of absorbing mm. your environment and growing into the person you are and creating those internal programs that um. You know, um, you're not expected to remember everything. You're you're literally just absorbing. So, I mean, even the recollection that you've just shared between the ages of one to up to three, um, that you could remember, that's actually phenomenal. A lot of people can't do that. Yeah, it's and uh, so so I got. I think what happened from that was like deep in the subconscious, I had these 
like deep competitive survival sort of genes activated. Uh, and, and at times I didn't even know because going into uh, uh, primary school and high school, I just felt uh, emotionally, I was uh, quite shy and, uh, but I'd also have fits of rage, mm. which uh, it, it really, it took a lot out of my body because I really struggled to, to get out of that emotional state. Uh, and as a young boy, you probably, the way it looked on the outside without understanding and knowing like what it actually was back then, it, you were just like a quiet little boy sometimes and a really, really naughty, loud little boy sometimes, you know. For people that are listening, yeah. this is, it goes so much deeper than the behaviour that people are showing. I agree. And so, yeah, in, in, in high school, my, I have a brother, a, a direct blood brother. He's 10 years older than me. And I was, I just started high school. So I must have been like 13 or 14, probably 14. And he, he introduced me to uh, Carlos Castaneda and all the books he, he wrote. So this is the books about Toltec wisdom and such. Mm-hmm. And that, because I was brought up in a, like my family was super strict with religion. So both sides of the family were within that religion. And it felt almost like I had uh, like horses with the blinkers on. Like I couldn't, I didn't, I only had a very narrow view uh, on life and so when I read that first book my I just my my perception literally popped as they say and I started to question <laughs> I started yeah, your I, first I, little mini awakening <laughs> yeah it was a micro awakening <laughs> and uh, that oh yes oh so by the way I started also, I started uh, Kung Fu at the age of 11. So I was in primary school. I must have, yeah, it was just around there. Because I, my, my, my brother and my mother told me later that they thought I had ADD. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, diagnosed. But they, they saw that I needed to, to do something to... Okay, we're back. Uh, we had to, they, 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 they saw that I needed that structure in life. So I, w- I had actually been doing gymnastics in primary school and my, my teacher changed to a really strict teacher. And I was like, yeah, mom. So you've gone from gymnastics, which is. Yeah. Sorry, I lost you there for a little bit. Um, the yeah. internet gods are just uh, having a bit of a ball game with us. So um, I heard up until you sort of uh, switched from gymnastics into Kung Fu because your teacher changed and you're having a conversation with mom. Yeah, yeah. I was like, mom, my, this, this new teacher sucks. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, and, and she was very loving. So she was like, okay, uh, you don't have to do it anymore. And that's where my brother suggested the kung fu there was a school 
not far from us. And my brother's friends, a few of his friends, it was a slightly rough neighborhood that I grew up in. You, you know, like, not like gangster rough, but there, there were, there was a bit of that culture. And so my brother saw the benefits of his friends going to Kung Fu and, mm -hmm. and how it shaped them and changed them and grew their awareness. And those sort of people actually didn't want to fight any, anymore once they learned the art. You know, the, the student goes to the dojo wanting to learn to fight and then comes out under, having that understanding. They almost have a fight with their ego instead, don't they? <laughs> mm, yeah, the, 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 true com the true competition is that with ourself. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was quite an experience. Uh, the first day that my brother took me to the school, the Kung Fu school, to go check it out, just to see if I was interested. And I remember walking in, and I was young, I was 11 years old, and I just remember having this, <laughs> I guess I could say this expansive feeling, walking right through the door. You know, it's very traditional, the beads, you've got to go through the beads. And uh, the, a master in Kung Fu is generally called a Sifu, and so my brother and I walked into his office and sat down. And as my brother started talking to the Sifu to, to, you know, say that I wanted to join, I just started tearing, like tears just started coming, like flowing from me. And I was what? like, oh, this is so... Well, I don't I think like, that. Yeah, I was like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> but... It, it was the energy, if I look back now, it was just the, the energy emanating from my Sifu. And I feel like my, my cells, like that cellular memory, the DNA just, just registered immediately. And I was like, yeah, this is where I need to be. Sounds like a powerful activation right there. You know, you're just remembering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, for people listening, like you were still a young boy, you know, you were still quite, quite, um, yeah, quite not yet ripe, you know, still like yeah. hadn't even hit adolescence and like still, but at the same time already embracing such powerful force of energy. That's amazing. In hindsight, it makes sense to you. Back then you're like, why am I crying? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, and and so that started my my kung fu journey. Um, so yeah, so as I got into high school, I had a bit of that that background, and now what happened was that, uh, like I said, my brother introduced me to the Castaneda series, and I started questioning things. Uh, I'd also within the Kung Fu school, I'd also started to learn uh, Qigong and, and mm -hmm. you, we could call it breath work, you know, it's really the, mast the mastery of breath. And I started to get really rebellious within the religious setting, uh, especially getting to like uh, 16 plus, 
I, I would have major fallouts with my parents because a lot of the questions they, it, it was just these ob answers that I would get from, you know, the, the hierarchy within the church and such. And it was always in you, wasn't it? To, um, uh, was it anger or was it just curiosity? Was it, it was coming out as anger, but maybe it was just curiosity because it sounds like, you know, once you picked up that first book and you started understanding the principles of Kung Fu, everything else sort of went, just didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, like I didn't, you know, being raised in the church was, I, I look back and there were some great things about it, you know, uh, the morals and values and and even uh, things like prayer, and and so that carried over into my life, you know, going forward. At at the age of, well, you know what? It was also the start of uh, high school, so I was once again like fourteen, where I also had my first cannabis experience. And, and this was very unique for me. You know, we could put it in the category, so to speak, of plant medicine. But the first time that I, that I used, and, you know, in my opinion, that's really young to start a plant medicine, but it's just how my journey unfolded. And I can totally relate. I think I, that was about the age that I sort of got curious and went oh what's this about and really threw me into like a deep thought process <laughs> amazing and uh yeah that also once again that was like a micro awakening i couldn't believe how i felt i, I couldn't mm. I, I just i didn't realize that it was possible to feel that way and from having had past trauma uh especially childhood that that feeling of of my of family being torn apart and such and maybe even a bit of PTSD that 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 kind of dissolved and and it and I was like it I started to not regularly but I realized that this plant uh, you know took took off the stress so to speak or at least it helped me to observe it yes yeah instead of and, being uh, in the story you could detach yourself somewhat from it and just you know have um yeah a bit of a euphoric sensation and feeling an escape that really wasn't harming anyone at the time you know just sort of in yeah. your own journey without you're not having to feel all the things that you did. And again, like you're still really young. Yeah. You're still like 13, 14. So you still don't even know who you are yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just uh, know, I just knew how I felt. And so, yeah, that also got me into a bit of trouble uh, in the religious setting, wanting to use that plant. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of controversy and such. Uh, so did I, you I have to even... disclose that? Did Sorry you did again, you did tell I... your parents that that were you open they... with your parents about exploring? No, not at all. Like in my <laughs> if in my mind it, it was if my parents find out I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I've got a funny um, story about that. I think I came I came home yeah. one day because I was curious and my dad said to me, you know, why are your eyes red? And I straight out just told him. He, he was shocked because like you, I was like, you know, the little girl that just went to school, got straight A's or if I didn't get straight A's, I got straight A's, you know. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it totally deviated from that without realizing like yourself, there was a lot of trauma that I had bottled up that I didn't sort of deal with i actually started kickboxing not kung fu which um i haven't done since but um you know for people listening like pay attention to that because there's a lot of things and a lot of behaviors that people um show early in their teens um that could be something underlying and sometimes you just need to have a conversation with them you know you just go a little bit deeper than oh it's just a you know naughty little kid or yeah she's just rowdy or Mm -hmm. she's you know what i mean like have that conversation with the people around you that you love because um it's turned into an amazing thing now you know we'll go deeper into your story but I just wanted to highlight that, you know, just ask the question, open that space. Yeah, it's, it's so important, that communication. I, I, I had to, like, put in hours and days of working on communication late in my life, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, it was something that um, in all relationships, if you don't um, work on, um, can affect many areas of your life. Yeah, just getting a little chillier. All right. So <laughs> I can't believe that it gets cold in South Africa. Is that a thing? <laughs> well, there's actually it's full summer here, and it's really warm. It's just like uh, the breeze and rain in the morning. But there's like a cyclone that hit the the one the coastal line. Oh my and goodness! So, so you get cyclones, giant spiders. Okay. Yeah, but this is like <laughs> uncommon, hey? This the cyclone. <laughs> And it's, it's pushed the weather inland. <laughs> wow. Actually, you know what? I, I actually can't wait to visit South Africa. It's been on my list for a long, long time. Um, and now wow. I know somebody there. and I'm getting to know you a lot deeper. So I'm so sorry I interrupted. Let's go back to, um, you know, where you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was, I got into the plant medicine and... Uh, what also happened is that I developed a bit of a habit in high school using cannabis and, mm. and then just going out of high school into university. I only later will get to that, but I realized that it had become a bit of a crutch. Uh, because later I found out, uh, later I replaced it with meditation. Mm. Yeah. I love uh, that. that. You was... replaced medication with meditation. Yeah, meditation is my medication. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Internet cards again. All right. And uh, yeah, so... Let's see. Let's see. It was okay. Yes, at the age of eighteen, I had. Uh, you know, I was just. Once I had experienced the cannabis, it also it, it led me on the path of, and also within the kung fu setting and doing. That's where I also started to learn meditation, was with the qigong that I was learning, and also, 
I become very in, interested in the shamanic arts. Mm-hmm. Having read read the 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 Toltec series and such, uh, so plant medicines was on my mind and just expanding consciousness. And I was often I often felt alone, so to speak, in this. You know, uh, not many of my friends, maybe one or two, you know, were 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 curious about expanding perception and such. Mm-hmm. and and so at in in at the end of high school I really got what I asked for because in my mind I just wanted to I want I wanted the veil lifted so to speak that was my intent and so what mm-hmm. I did was I actually ordered from Amsterdam this uh mushroom kit mm-hmm so, because I didn't didn't know where to get magic mushrooms, we're in high school, and so I, I I went online and I actually ordered. Funny enough, my parents know this now, but I used their 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 credit card and I said I was ordering garden gardening equipment. <laughs> Little did they know that it was psilocybin uh, mushrooms. But anyway. Uh, I bought this. It comes in a brick, and you basically got to hydrate you, the well, brick. You know, you were very resourceful. That, that, uh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was. And 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 also, I guess you know, I didn't want to just go to any random person and acquire this because I actually mm. didn't have full trust in the black market, so to speak. Uh, and mm. and so. All I needed to do was put this little brick in a humidity chamber and outsprung the mushrooms. I harvested them. And <laughs> I've often had, had the mindset of, uh, I guess it's called go big or go home. You know, I'm like, I want, let's have the full experience. So I actually also ordered at the same time that I ordered those mushrooms, I ordered what's called Syrian rue with those mushrooms. I don't know if you've ever heard of that okay. plant. Okay, so well, no, I basically, it, no, so Sir, Syrian rue contains an MAOI. It's basically a monamine oxidase inhibitor. So it deactivates this enzyme in our gut that breaks down Mm-hmm. These uh, psychedelic compounds, like in ayahuasca, they combine the vine, which contains the MOI, so that the DMT can be absorbed through the, in the gut. And so I actually, mm-hmm. I took, I took five grams of dried mushrooms with the Syrian rue. So okay, the Syrian so rue. How old were you at this stage? So this was when I was just ending high school, so 18. Okay, so you can see just by what he, um, Nathaniel's sharing that a lot of kids are going to explore these things. So, you know, prohibiting them from becoming aware of and hiding it from them and all those sorts of things um, can actually work against them. But being, um, you know, conscious of the availability of these things, even as a parent, um, super important because, look where he went to find his answers. You know, people are going to go find their answers in alcohol, in marijuana, and then go deeper and deeper. Um, But 
yeah, I just wanted to make people aware of that because I've had my own journeys with plant medicine. It wasn't until very recently that I discovered the power of going into that space and totally surrendering to unfold whatever it is that's meant to unfold. Um, but, you know, some people start a lot younger. So just be aware of that because it is it is available. You can literally, what like you did. Yeah, hey, mum, I'm ordering yeah. a hammer. And it's it's not. It's like a, it's a mushroom kit, you know. <laughs> 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 I, agree, I agree with you. I, I think that's actually one of the things that pushed me. Uh, it, it kind of pushed me into it was that, that, that strict don't ask questions sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can and, totally and relate my- to that. I, was, I went from straight A's to being a total rebel because I was just curious. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just a really curious kid. I'm like, hmm, what does that do? Hmm, where yeah, can I right. go there? You know, like that's, that's what we do as kids. We just explore, right? That's all we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so so I, I don't know if you know about the doses, but five grams is generally of dried mushrooms. is called a heroic dose. It's, 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 I've actually it's, never tried mushrooms myself. I went straight to the grandmother and grandfather. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, why, why, why wait? Go all in. <laughs> there we go. So, so the Syrian rue basically. But, you know, for people that are of... listening. You go, Margaret. You're back. We've got you back. The internet gods, please comply. <laughs> they're, they're with us. They're with us. <laughs> you, you were you saying something, Margaret? The internet gods are back now. I think we're good. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so, so I was just saying it's, it's basically a heroic dose, but I also had the Syrian rue with it. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like I was taking 10 grams. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this, this changed everything for me. Uh, during the journey, I actually, because you know, my, like you were saying, I hadn't even like fully f- formed yet. You know, it's like I had no idea, so to speak, because also I was brave enough to do it on my own and It wasn't within, so to speak, like a ceremonial context. I I still had a very, I had a respect and there was a sacredness about it and I had an intention. So, by the way, anyone wanting to use plant medicines, I just feel it's so important that intention and heart is used and that you don't just Mm -hmm. throw these medicines down the hatch and think you're going to have a good time. Yeah, a hundred percent. The the purity and of the plant medicine, um, in in the right setting with um, you know, guidance from an experienced shaman, because there's a lot around. You know, there's a lot around, but um, yeah, it's so so powerful. It's going to create that experience for you that that you need. You know, as opposed to just going in blind with, uh, and coming out and thinking, oh yeah, you know, it's like a lot of people that I know as well have kind of got gotten lost in that. You know, they go in and they keep going in because. They're not really setting a powerful intention. And then it becomes the addiction on top of the addiction. 
you know, so just um, becoming really wary of, um, you know, the power of what it actually does when you totally surrender um, is yeah. just something to be mindful of, you know, just make sure that you're doing your research, you know, a good shaman as well will take you through a process of really understanding where you're at. If you're doing it and there's other things that you're taking in your life, it's not compatible, you know, make sure that you do the background check and you're with yourself. You trust yourself first and foremost, but with people that um, have that experience and have that knowledge and have that guidance and have the ability to energetically hold that space for you when you're in that journey. Such a powerful point. Thank you so much for that. Because, you know, like you said, some people just dive in and they get lost in it. And um, it, it does a bit more damage because they don't know how to come out of that, you know. Yeah. Funny enough, you know, during that experience, uh, it, I basically entered, I'd call no time, no space. Just, just the void. I had no idea what it was. It was... It was ecstatic and frightening at the same time because in my, in my mind's perception, being so young and being that expanded, I honestly felt like I had this thought that I would never get back to my body. Mm. And, and so if someone doesn't have context for, for expanding consciousness like this, it can be very frightening. And I believe to this day, I'm literally still integrating that journey. 100%. You know, the integration process of any change work, inner change work that you do, especially when you're doing something like plant medicine that totally opens up neural pathways and expands your consciousness to that capacity. Um, it's yeah. a gentle journey that you need to really honor, go in with respect with and like you said, respect the integration process. Yeah. And, and yeah, so this, this, I would say that because I hadn't developed the neural networks to understand that journey at that time, I still had uh, many questions, but I was def I definitely gained a huge respect for the doors of perception because, you know, like I was saying before, I, I went on that journey. I was I was like, I want to see it all, and then I saw it all, and it <laughs> it was a shock. So you I was can't like, unsee okay, it, can you? <laughs> no, you can't unsee it once you've seen it. It's like, <laughs> hmm, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so, so so that also going into my early twenties, um, and also get into higher levels of kung fu. I, I could I started to see that there there must be a more there must be a sustainable way to enter these states. Mm -hmm. without this uh because you know i feel if one isn't careful as well with these plant medicines you can also potentially imbalance the neurochemistry you know it takes mm -hmm. energy to process these things 100 percent. and so yeah uh okay so I'm, I'm gonna fast track just a little bit to uh 
2010. So I was around what? I was around uh, 23, I think. And my life was going great. I mean, I, I had I'd started teaching in the Kung Fu school. I'd been gifted that position, uh, which is a huge honor. I mean, to teach, to teach the art is incredible. And also I had found the love of my life at the time. It's my ex-girlfriend now. And, and things just seemed kind of stable, so to speak. But that all changed quite, quite swiftly because, you know, I also, in the Kung Fu school, I'd uh, learned a lot more about meditation and intention. Mm. And uh, I got a bit of an ego, you know, with, so how that unfolded in the Kung Fu school was that, and I can, I can even remember the, the one moment when it happened was, I was teaching the class and we were practicing what's called tiger rolls. So it's basically on concrete floor and you obviously start very slow at level one, but eventually you need to be able to jump over a punching bag, land on the concrete floor and roll out. Okay. Don't try so this at home would, kids without supervision. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember specifically in, in class that day, I, <laughs> the, 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 the students, they, they, they weren't really paying full attention. And so I got, I got uh, you know, quite strict with them. And I remember saying, if you guys don't practice, you know, um, you, you won't progress. And so I did this huge, and I said, this is how it's done. And I just remember sort of seeing my body from the outside and I did this huge tiger roll and it was kind of like this ego demonstration where I should have, where with hindsight, I should have been way more loving with the students. Mm. And I remember, I remember that was the first like click that that maybe I'm being a, a, a bit arrogant. And so, and, and that started to pick up more because, you know, I had this beautiful girlfriend and also my financial life was picking up and- You had it all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I had it all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it reached this point where, where this was, so this is, is a big part of my uh, crisis to courage story. Uh, within the span of like one week, literally, what happened was that, okay, number one, I got expelled. I actually got expelled from the Kung Fu school, like a 14-year career there. The reason being was because I'd been given a position of teaching and I let my ego get in the way. Mm -hmm. I also, the, another reason was that I'd started to teach outside the Kung Fu school. Yes, it mm -hmm. was, it was like, uh, 
what I was teaching was universal. Like you could go onto YouTube and find it and such. But still, there was this respect within the school. And I understand it now. I didn't understand at the time. And then also... So you were a bit of a Bruce Lee. That's what he did. I think so. <laughs> Not sure what's going on with the internet now. Sorry, guys, listening. It's just... Um, yeah. yeah, you were a bit of a Bruce Lee. I think he was um, kind of shunned from the community because of exactly that reason. Yeah. And there was... I had... Like I, like I said, I'd been experimenting with plant medicine, but a, another rumor had gone around that I was using like synthetic narcotics. Mm. So that also played into it and just things got misconstrued. And But this is a unique thing is that because I, I, I remember the day that, it, that I got expelled, I remember get into the school you have to walk up this flight of stairs and I could literally feel like gravity like pushing me down and I, I literally had to like struggle up those stairs even though like I was a strong kung fu guy it was unique and was like energy yeah I think it was an energy a bit of my own path like my soul and then also just the the energy of the school my energy knew that I was leaving already, so to speak. And as we get into class and we start, uh, we had to get into what's called uh, just our stance. And then my instructor points to the door and he said, please leave. And energetically, I, I, I felt it and it's basically saying that you're never coming back mm. and uh this was it was a huge shock for me like it was it was intense but at the same time i felt the surge of energy as i walked out of the school so mm. i felt very sad but i also felt like it was just this is what was meant to happen because i felt a rush of energy as well but I'd been with them for so long that I was out of habit now, so to speak, it was very uncomfortable. And, and yeah, so within that same- A very week, profound that, lesson, you know, um, you finally found something. You find. You go, Margaret. I think you're back now. Okay. I'm going to have to you have were just a really, saying... really deep and meaningful conversation with the internet <laughs> gods because they're just not complying today, but that's all right. <laughs> These things happen. Breathe. <laughs> Sorry, we got to the point of, um, you know, you're walking out of the school and even though it was like a, a turning point, you know, you were starting a new chapter. It was kind of energetically soothing and calming for you to to leave that behind as well in that point yeah and and so like i was saying within that week my mother and my stepfather that i who i grew up with literally they decided to get a divorce 
So another like happening all over again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The the patterns coming up. And Margaret, same week, same week, the love of my life at the time said that she wants to break up. So it was my heart this, is uh, breaking for your heart breaking <laughs> then. I'm just thinking, how, how do you deal with one of those at a time, let alone in the same week? Like, wow. Yeah. That's when you feel like the whole world is just crashing in on you. You're like, what happened? Yeah. Why? How do I get through this? Like, I can't breathe, you know? <laughs> yeah. All, all, all the, the avenues of support that I would lean on were like moving away from me. What a lesson to receive, right? Yeah. And so oh. for the next for the next <laughs> for, for the next month, I would say, maybe almost a month. Like the best I could do was wake up in the morning, roll out of bed onto the floor and start crying. Like I was like I was, I was down. I was, I was, I was KO. <laughs> and uh, I remember just, just re- having this deep realization that I was heading, you know, because within that deep depression, what started to arise was like, what's worth living for? And sure, I mean, that, that rocked me to the core because I feel that purpose is so important in our lives. And uh, I also became, I wouldn't say like intensely suicidal, but I was definitely having these thoughts of like, you know, like, let's, let's, let's just call it quits. I don't see a yeah, way you out go of through this. The- what's the point? Like, what's the meaning? What's the purpose? I have no, like, why am I here? I, you know, unfortunately that's a really common story and I myself have been there, you know, it's a really dark space to be in when you feel like you have nothing and nobody to lean on except yourself and yourself doesn't even know like what the self is. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, um, yeah. Something that, Definitely people need to, again, use your voice. You know, if you're ever feeling like this for people that are listening, just speak to somebody. There is so much help available out there. There'll be somebody that will listen to. doesn't matter how silly you think your story is. Sometimes the expression itself is like the opposite of depression. That's what I say. You know, expression is the opposite of depression. Just speak your mind, speak your heart, get it out. Jump onto my podcast. I want to hear your story. You know, reach out to Nathaniel. He wants to hear your story, but so important. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm still processing what you just shared in one week. Like you've gone, you've been kicked out of something that you use as a, some people call it advice and you know it's a sort of a support pillar for you the love of your life yeah. leaves and then the parents the parents split as well like that's a lot for a young man to take on yeah and and yes and and obviously the, the lady leaving me and um so i, I agree with you margaret i mean pe- pe- people reach out i mean that, that's that's one of the crucial things that I did was just reach out, just reach out, communicate. 
And uh, so that's exactly what I did. Uh, I had received in the, like, maybe a year earlier, and I had received a few spiritual healings from my brother's ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. who, I, who I'd become great friends with. Um, she, she was, you know, a, a light in the dark for me at that time. And that's who I actually reached out to. I reached out to her and I, and I said, listen, um, I'm not going to make it. I need help. And it was in, in the, it was in the pits, you know, reaching my, my spiritually lowest point ever that Mm -hmm. when I went to her for a spiritual healing. So basically it was a simple prayer and she acted as a pure conduit for unconditional love. And because I was in such a receptive state, I just opened up. I, yeah, I opened up my heart so much that I, I saw, I would call it now, I, I saw the heavens open mm-hmm. during this healing. And uh, the, the love flow was so intense that I don't know what the term is, but it's basically when your body kind of goes numb and tingly to the, to the point where you, it, it dissolves. Mm-hmm. And that experience was more profound than any plant medicine journey I ever did. And uh, d- during that healing, I, I, I kind of just, I understood why I was here. I, I got, mm-hmm. I connected with that again. I, I started to feel purpose again. And, and so this spiritual healing was huge for me. It, it, it changed the trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. But the greatest thing that it taught me was consistency in meditation. So yes, I had this profound shift, but it, I, I realized that that there were still those lingering neural pathways that I was try- kept trying to take me back into the past. Mm-hmm. And that's where meditating every day became imperative for me. Literally, like literally, uh, it, it, was, it was in 2011 March that I completed what's called the meditator and activator class with the sacred macabre techniques. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No, but I'm definitely curious. It's, um, you know, I totally relate to what you're saying. Meditation has absolutely changed my life and it's not something you do once and then sort of, you know, it does its thing forever. It, it takes patience. It takes consistency. It takes really leaning into that. And um, making it part of your lifestyle, you know, really just, even if it's for five minutes, some people think that you've got to meditate for hours and hours and hours. And yes, you can do a Vistapana or whatever, or do a, you know, do whatever it is that you want to try. But the important thing is, um, you know, what you just said, it's in those moments where the world is chaotic. Like the year that we just had, it was meditation that got me through all of that. 
there was so much happening around me but I felt like I was in the middle of the storm playing a piano and things were happening and I'm like I'm good because I'm going inwards when I can't literally cannot go outside you know and a lot of people um, struggled because, I mean, I, I traveled a lot before, um, you know, last year happened. And I mm-hmm. think I went to 10 countries in four years. But um, because I had, a, you know, um, absorbed the skills and embraced the skills and continuously and consistently applied the practice of meditation to my daily routine, I was okay. I was okay with um, the way it unfolded, you know. So... It's, it's so true. Like, um, and like yourself, I've been on um, only three plant medicines my whole life. You know, I started young as well when I was on, um, you know, just sort of running away from my stuff. You know, we've all got stuff that we're running away from. Yeah. Um, but I realized that the power of meditation and the power of breath work and the power of presence and the power of gratitude and all the things that you learn and embrace in the journey of um, evolution um, you know, and, and becoming who you were born to be was through the simple practice, which is free meditation. <laughs> it's it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I really resonate with that. Fun, funny enough, uh, at the age of, uh, I'll just jump back quickly, at the age of 21, I really, I realized the, the power of the mind and our emotions. Mm. Uh, th- this was through illness. So I- I'll share this quick. I, at, yeah, it was at the age of, it was just before I turned 21, like a month before I developed this uh, cough. I'm not, I'm not sure what was happening in my lungs. I never went to see a doctor. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, we go. Just a little backtrack again. At the age of 18, I decided that I would never use a chemical pharmaceutical ever again unless it was for emergency. Like I, I, was, I was very stern with that because I was on a round of antibiotics for something. And those antibiotics made me feel so much worse than, the, than my actual illness. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I put my foot down. Yeah. Yeah. And so leading up I to I totally this... agree. There's, there's, there's a time and a place for them, but I made exactly the same decision, you know, a decade ago. And so there, your body has the power to heal itself. And I just need to activate whatever it is and really get to the root cause of what's causing me to... I used to get migraines all the time. It was acupuncture that, um, you know help me just find a different way but acupuncture then led me to meditation so it sounds like we've had a very similar journey in discovering the ancient ways the ancient wisdom which is available to everybody Um, and there is a time and a place for medication in the sense that you know if you're in a car crash you can't meditate you've got to you know um sometimes you need the adrenaline to come back and you know so there's definitely a time and a place for it but with regards to foundation health and really building that solid immunity and, and really like, you know, just activating those cells within you that they know what to do. There's so much wisdom in each of the cells that you have. Um, yeah. Just making people conscious of that because 
yeah, you know, you can, I'm sure you can share way more than I can in relation to the biochemistry and, you know, the, <laughs> the elements of what food can do for your body, for example, you know, um, but sorry, please continue. I got a bit excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so, and so, yes, I, I had this, this lung infection like a month before my 21st birthday and my parents were very concerned because literally within one week it developed to what someone might call the cough of death. Like, like when you hear someone coughing and you want to say to them, you should go get that checked. That's, that's what was happening to me. But what I'm going to share now is a bit intense, but this is just, this is just who I am. And so I decided that if I can't, overcome this 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 lung illness on my own without uh, chemical intervention and if it's mm-hmm. my time to leave this world then so be it i so took that is. stance yeah mm-hmm. and so yes for some people that might sound intense and i'm a bit crazy i was also younger at the time uh nowadays yes like i said for emergency i'll use uh i'll use modern medicine Mm -hmm. and so for my 21st first birthday i actually went into nature like deep into nature with a friend i just wanted to to retreat and and de-stress and just and just see what was happening so what I brought with on on that uh, nature retreat, I actually brought some LSD with me, all right? And what happened was that my friend and I, we had it in the daytime and it was just, it was beautiful, you know, besides the the toll on my body from the, the lung illness that I was experiencing, I just, I think my body knew and my soul knew intuitively that going into nature is probably the best thing because I didn't know if I was going to overcome this or not. And so that evening, what happened was that as I was drifting In your mind, sleep, you, you just had enough. Yeah. yeah. In your yeah. mind, you, like, you were done. You were ready. Like, whatever. Just, you know, give it to me. I'm going anyway. I may as well just be amongst the trees and like leave with a smile on my face, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's because that's what turned things around, you know, because that, that evening as I was drifting off to sleep and we had done that full day journey, I remember, I remember like the, the cough coming up and it was, and it was getting intense. I started crying and uh, I, I just, I just, I guess I said to my soul, like, what is up with this? What is up? <laughs> and, and in my mind's eye, what arose was this, it was, it was an image in my lungs, this black web, like holding on my lungs. And I was like, what the F is that? <laughs> and, and so my soul started to communicate with me. And mm. I found the root cause. I found the root cause mm. of 
what was causing the issues. And it was, it was basically a lack of forgiveness and holding on to these densified, charged emotions. And literally, that, that was a huge experience for me because literally within a matter of like no time, just a split second, everything changed immediately. When, as soon as I, I forgave and I just started to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. And that next morning, I, I almost woke up healed. Like, okay, I wasn't like completely like healed, but I knew that I was gonna be okay. And there was a huge shift in, like the cough had diminished to like little spurts. And within in your mind, the next- it was already done. In your mind, it was done. It was just your physical space, like time collapsing between the decision and the outcome and your body saying, okay, okay, it's a little bit of time to, but it was, it was done in your mind. You've made that decision. Yeah. This is why power, the power of thought is so profound. Like thoughts are things, right? And you saw yourself healed. You're like, I'm not, no, this, that's the old story. I forgive you. Let's go. You know, I love yeah. that. <laughs> it's so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for anyone listening, like forgiveness is key. Eh? It's key. And I think what's important about the, um, you know, the power of forgiveness is it's not even about forgiving the other person. It's not about forgiving like, um, you know, they did this or this happened. It's about forgiving yourself. Margaret, I'm so glad you say that because that was the most difficult. Mm. That was actually the most intense thing to like, just like as easy as holding a pen and just dropping it and letting it go, let just it's it's it can be quite a task totally surrendering and forgiving yourself yeah totally surrendering and giving yourself the permission to forgive yourself is massive (laughs) massive (laughs) and and it feels so good and it feels good to feel good right so so do that if there's something that's um, that you're not aware of and it, it is because you did all the work and you, you did the inner work to really understand like where all these things were coming from um, you didn't understand it but you understood that that was part of the process and it was in that moment like you said where you just said okay dude let's just have a conversation like what is this what do you want what do you need me to do like really with intention asking that question and then it just literally falling in your lap and, and then you're like ah oh. You're like an angel being <laughs> taken off my shoulders. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it really showed me how powerful emotions are. Mm-hmm. And like you say, that our, our bodies literally cannot tell the difference between the outer perception coming in and what we're thinking. It's no difference. The programming that, and the programs that you install, it's exactly what you said. And I think one of our um, mentors that we both love, Joe Dispenza, talks about it all the time. Your body and your body doesn't know the difference between something that's happened and something that you thought happened. You know, and that's why um, you can you are literally the controller and creator of your reality. You know, because and he says as well, like you know, your inner world, uh, your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you're in chaos inside. This is exactly why all these things were happening for you to show you that you needed to just 
create the calmness inside like really go inwards and and forgive yourself for all the shit because life happens shit happens right but it's how you perceive it and how you manage it and how you respond to it instead of reacting with anger and all the other things that people do which is self-destructive behavior i've been there you've been there you know there Mm -hmm. are there are other ways and the holistic approach is definitely something that I'm a huge advocate for as well. It's completely changed my life. You know, I, like yourself, I don't resort to um, anything on the shelf unless it's absolute mission critical. There are so many yeah. ways that you can feel good. Like, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm sure we can go into hours and hours of sharing about that as well. But let's go back to your profound experience in the forest. <laughs> in okay, nature. cool. Yeah, and uh, well, yeah, that that was basically to conclude it, and it it, it definitely it, it set me it set me on that path of of sustained meditation. So, so be, we can jump forward again to where I said I completed the meditator activator class. Mm-hmm. This, so this was, uh, yeah, this was 2011 March. So before then, yes, starting starting in my teens, I'd I'd uh, understood meditation, and I'd been doing it sort of on and off, not very consistently. But it was March 2011 that I said that I, once I completed that course, I said to myself, I will never miss a day of meditation and I haven't missed a day of meditation since then and uh, yes this that, that really also set me on a whole nother trajectory was joining the sacred macabre techniques mm-hmm. within within the period of of a year I had actually reached the teacher level so how they taught it was meditator, activator, healer, teacher. Mm-hmm. Because I'd received uh, that deep healing, spiritual healing from her name's Lisa. And that's, that's my brother's ex-girlfriend who gave me the healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, r- I rapidly reached that teacher level because I, I just I un- I understood my path now, so to speak. Mm. And and it's quite crazy, is because you know more or less recently, uh, 2018 is when I had when I had it all, and then it crashed again. So. Would you like to get into that, Margaret? Um, I don't even know how long we've been speaking. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm all open. Like I think you know more so for everyone listening. Like it's it's kind of a hypnotic story. Like we want to know. <laughs> like you know, how, <laughs> I'm so curious. I've got nowhere to go, so I'm totally open okay. to hearing it all. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, so so what happens in uh, well, yeah, like I said, it's meditator, activator, healer, teacher. So 
Yeah, from 2011 to the end of 2018, I was basically a teacher of the sacred macabre techniques. And these techniques are rooted in unconditional love and allowing love to flow through one because people get depleted when you, when you keep giving and you don't replenish one's, I don't know the word now, but yeah, to, to replenish oneself is so important. Uh, a lot of people feel amazing when they're in that flow of service and giving love. Mm. But yes, if, if, you, if you're not doing your daily meditations and such, we can deplete ourselves. And so that's what I learned. We would, it, it was an incredible journey within that organization. I, I left that organization at the end of 2018. And there's a reason for this. So, okay, not, not many people would know this, but the sacred macabre techniques uh, they eventually changed it to the sacred macabre love energy techniques. The, this, this group of people and what I was practicing for those few years with them was they trying to accomplish a physical body ascension. Mm, okay. So as a group, it's, it's not really conveyed on their website and such, but if you get into the advanced levels, yes, you're definitely going to be practicing that. Like we would, we would once a week gather together in meditation and in a, in a group. This might sound very out there, by the way. Just add a little salt if anyone wishes to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have heard about go, it, but I've never heard about it firsthand. So it's actually just... I guess one of my questions being answered that it actually is a thing, you know? Awesome. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so once, once a week as a group, we would practice traveling or what's called bilocating, bilocation in our energy bodies in a group macabre. Uh, a, a macabre is basically translated to a a mind body light vehicle so to speak mm -hmm. and we would travel to another galaxy where it, so to speak it was called the promised land mm. where there is no pain suffering or death and it was the most incredible time as heaven i guess yeah yeah and it, it was it was profound really it was it was an incredible path to walk it's 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 where i had numerous mystical experiences that are almost indescribable but what happened in 2018 was that oh by the way for me to to get into this spiritual path, what I did was that in 2012, I actually moved out of my parents' home and I moved into a rented house with now my ex-business partner. And 
the reason I did this really was to, I, you know, as a youngster, I always wanted, uh, I wanted to go to China and train, train with the Shaolin monks, mm. you know, within the temple. And so what I did was I moved out into this house and I made my own temple. We were living there fully organic. Uh, you know, everything was organic. Uh, the detergents were natural, the cosmetic products, self-care products, everything. And I set up a business. Uh, I don't have that business anymore, but it was called Holistic Body Dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I established this business literally purely to fund my spiritual study and mm-hmm. also natural health study. So for that time, from 2012 for, for six years to 2018, I had time to meditate four hours a day, you know, I, and, I, and I set it up that way. It's a good problem to and have. So, <laughs> <laughs> all, that time, all that time in the world uh, to meditate. I can't think of anything better. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll be honest. I was, those six years was like living in heaven on earth. But, but what happened was that I realized in 2018 that I needed to, I felt this intense call to connect with people, to really embrace my humanity, to embrace this body. And with the time I have yeah, on the planet to just serve as best I can. And so... It, it kind of all came crashing down again from that blissful lifestyle in 2018 when I started to just feel this deep pull to connect with people because, yes, we were helping people on that spiritual path, but it was almost, it was a bit lonely in a way. Like, mm. it, it was hard to connect with people, you know, it, it's taken me a while even to be able to share what I'm sharing this day. And, uh, and I appreciate that you're doing that because I know this is one of, if not the first time that you're ever, you know, just re- really being open and vulnerable. I mean, just what we've discussed so far is incredible because, again, you're still very young. You know, you're still, you've still got so much to be and serve and, and add value to, but um, the lessons that for people that are listening right now, like, remember, he's still only in his, um, you know, <laughs> in the first trimester, if not the first quad of his life. And all of this has happened for him already. You know, so, um, yeah, there's so much wisdom to be gained from it. And I, I really do appreciate you sharing this. So um, I, I'm going to stop talking. Please continue. I don't want to hear my voice. I want to hear yours. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, uh, it, it was, I started to, cause I also started to, uh, so to speak, tr- struggle with, with being on that path because I had also, so it was like the start of 2017 that it kind of started to go downhill again because I had ne- neglected my Kung Fu practice. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like Kung Fu was my whole foundation into meditation. 
Mm-hmm. When when I became teacher level in the sacred macabre techniques, it was because I could focus my mind so intensely. And once I could focus and connect to my heart, that changed everything. And I have I've I've shared a little bit of this on my Facebook before, uh, but some people may not know. So it's that I developed an eating disorder from having this lifestyle, this like extreme healthy lifestyle, organic. I I just kind of, I reached a point where I just kind of let it all go. Like I let, everyone knew me as this extreme like health nut. So I said, screw it. You know, I'm going to eat all this crap food and, and see what it's like. And it was <laughs> so to people listening, it's like, why is he, why is he purposely portraying himself? You know, <laughs> why is he putting another challenge? It's like, because you haven't been through enough, let's just add oh, something else man. in there. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think, I think, I think, you know, my soul just wanted to experience life here on, on, on the planet. and. It's and just so, yeah, beautiful, it it's your beautiful inner child curiosity that was coming <laughs> to a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, he's crazy, just like you're perfect, you know. But it's, uh, I think for me personally, that's what it is. Like, and I've been on very similar journeys like yourself. Your life just gets to the point where you're like, ah, oh, it's bliss. And then a tornado comes through, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> you know, because you made a decision mm-hmm. in your mind somewhere at some point that you just wanted to push that boundary again or you know explore that different pathway and then and then you start again but that's that's life isn't it every single day is a new opportunity yeah. to create a different story <laughs> so yeah. here we go here we go down the road of um you know um self-sabotaging through food <laughs> yeah it's quite unique <laughs> and uh yeah i i guess i just i for so many years i'd had such a, like, I was so disciplined. I was just mm-hmm. so disciplined that I just wanted to, like, take a chill, so to speak. But within within the Toltec philosophy, it's, it's known as, I think it's the fourth natural enemy. They call it old age. And it's mm-hmm. not just old age relating to the, the aging of our bodies. It's like it's that feeling of 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 just letting go of one's discipline mm. and uh yeah it got a bit dodgy for me because i actually got hooked on these uh processed foods and and i started to spiral downwards uh because i also felt i so to speak felt disconnected in a in a way from my humanity and just felt alone and mm. Within that year, <laughs> he has another like few factors that pulled in. The, the, the rug got pulled out from under me uh, working with my ex-business partner. I lost, I lost, uh, my finances just kind of disappeared at that time. And then to add to that, there was black mold in the house I was staying in. Uh, I got hit hard by black mold poisoning this, to the um, point of the spider web came back in a different form. 
Basically, yeah. Uh, to anyone who has who who may think they have black mold in their house, just please be cautious. It's really, it's it's an extreme toxin. To our mitochondria and black mold do not get along. My mm -hmm. energy got sapped from me. I kind of developed like uh, chronic fatigue. I also. I also felt that, oh, by the way, at this time, I was eating all these processed foods and such, but I'd also been on a vegan diet, or so to speak, lifestyle. Some people say it's not a diet, but let's just say fully plant-based. I jumped into that because I got a shock from the industrial food system. I'd become more aware of that. And... Uh, yeah, so all these all these factors compounding, I was trying to medicate with food at the end of the day. My body wasn't getting nutrition that it needed. I'm already quite a wiry Kung Fu Bruce Lee type of guy. And I lost, <laughs> like for me to lose weight was not cool. Uh, I lost a lot of my muscle mass, which is mm. imperative for longevity. I went from uh, 65 kilograms more or less and I went down to like 57 kilograms yeah so you, you know, say and, people and listening um this is not just something that affects women this is something that affects men and women masculine and feminine it's not discriminant to anyone it's um you know everyone's susceptible to it because um at the end of the day this is my personal opinion it's an emotional um physical space in your mental space as well so you know just becoming aware of um and really paying attention which is something we do in meditation becoming present with what's really going on super super important yeah yeah i i agree it's it's uh sure uh, our our connection to our taste buds is powerful and yeah, processed foods doesn't help that because it hijacks our taste buds. And yeah, yeah there's so a reason why I, all those numbers are on there. I'm not really, even though I've done accounting, I'm not really a numbers person, but, you know, maybe just think about why they need to label all these things and what they are. I'm not saying, I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm not, you know, saying vegan's better or whatever, but just think about what you're putting inside you because you are what you eat and ultimately you are what you absorb. So what is it that you're actually taking in when you're making those choices? And I'm not saying that I've, I haven't done it. I'm like yourself. I, you know, I've been there and I'm like the odd, you know, naughty chocolate or whatever it is that, you know, um, you consume. It's just, we're human. You're going to do that sometimes, but just be aware of it, you know? Um, yeah. Just be really aware of it because they can spiral like, what's happened to you going from 60 plus to you know 50 and under and um it's not fun so um yeah look it's not a laughing matter to be honest um you know the I ha i've got a few guests who have come on and shared their journey with bulimia 
you know, it's um, it's a debilitating condition that people and mindset and sort of really dark place that people end up in. But there is a way out. You know, you can change. Yeah. F- funny enough, I, I developed that slightly because I it, it was just like such a shock to me. Like I said, the industrial food system and I would eat, I would eat the foods because now I was basically addicted to them like straight out and Mm. it just felt so horrible to have it in me and yes I would bring it up and I just felt this intense brain just general brain fog because number one I don't I wasn't getting nutrition in and then yes there was the whole emotional situation with uh, the spiritual path I was on the financial situation and then the black mold and so once again, I, I hit this point end of 2018 where I let it all go. I let it all go. I actually, I moved out of that house. I moved back in with my parents and uh, yeah, because, oh, by the way, my, my stepfather and my mother, they had gone through the whole divorce process, process but they did get back together at the end of the day. And so yeah, I'm. <laughs> it just it just keeps the, the roller coaster just keeps getting more twist, and I'm like, <laughs> am I still holding on here? <laughs> wow. Sure. And so yeah, I moved back in with them, and because uh, because I needed I needed to I needed support, and I needed to let go of everything that happened, and I also sent a letter in to the sacred macabre techniques, the founders and such who were my teachers, that I don't want to, even if a physical body ascension is possible, Mm. my soul was telling me that uh, it doesn't matter to me anymore. I actually, in this lifetime, I want to embrace my body. It doesn't matter to me what happens to this body. It's it's more so how I serve humanity in, in this life. And so that was a big, big move for me to do that. But once again, I felt the energies change. That's a beautiful revelation, you know, um, really embracing your soul experience as a human being, being a being that, like you said earlier, being a conduit for whatever information was coming through you. And, you know, you knew that your purpose here just isn't quite done and didn't want to go in that direction any longer and really honouring that. You know, I think a lot of people have these thoughts, but they don't embrace or honour. And then the soul fights them and, and brings them back there eventually, you know. Um, and we know how strong your soul is. If, you know, this roller coaster is just never ending <laughs> from where I'm listening <laughs> to it from. <laughs> but in hindsight, you can laugh at this, right? At the time, you know, yeah, like it, it's a... important. The internet gods. Sorry, Margaret, it broke up there. We've got you back now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, wow. I, I, I had to, I had to. So once I had left my old life once again, it, it, it was great because I had to use all the knowledge 
like all the knowledge from my previous experience to get out of that again. It was almost like a big test. Like, like, yes, I have all the skill and knowledge, but can I use it, so to speak? Because at that time, I also set the intention that I really want to help people with this. And so it was almost like the universe was asking, can I help myself first? You are always your first client, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the funny way of, um, the funny game that you play, Mr. or Mrs. Universe. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, since, since then, I, I have recovered. I've put the weight back on. I've been connecting with, pe- I've been connecting with people. I've, look, I've connected with you, which is fantastic. Uh, had I not changed, I, we probably would have never met. Okay, am I back? You are back. You are back. Where, 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 where did it cut? So, I think you were talking about um, you. You got the weight back. You know, you were able to make it back to that point where you were sort of just reconnecting with people again. Yeah, and and then I was just saying like. We, we probably would have never met had I not, you know, sparked a little neurogenesis. <laughs> it's a frequency that, um, you know, that basically we're all on. I, I'm at the moment, I'm really bringing into my space or, you know, connecting with people that have been on these really wild journeys. And, you know, this is exactly why I've got this um, set up. I was sharing with you earlier, I literally launched my podcast by accident. But was it an accident? I don't think anything's an accident. You know, there's always a reason and purpose and intention for everything that happens. And um, I mean, I had a very similar journey, you know, when I was in the pit and I was, everything was dark and I thought I'd been buried. Like um, I found my voice. I found the reason and purpose. I found my why. And I'm still, it, it changes. Your why changes, you know, but it's always with the intention to serve. Like I know that I'm here for a reason to use this, this sound that comes out of my my face, you know, as a message for other people that are going through whatever it is that they're going through. And, you know, the reason I love sharing stories heart to heart is because maybe what I'm going through doesn't make any sense to you, but somebody listening to your story, you can totally relate to that, you know, and then they've got the channel of reaching you or they've got the, you know, they've got that connection that they they can understand where you've been because they've been there too. You know, it's funny because we've never we've never really spoken before this very moment. And even though the internet guys yeah. are interfering, I've learned so much about you. And yet there's so many similarities from different backgrounds, different countries, different upbringings, different religions, different cultures, different everything. The perspectives that we're receiving as as consciousness, I you know that's what I believe we are. We're just different perspectives and perceptions of consciousness. Um, is you know applicable to everyone and it applies to it applies to everybody in some way because at the foundation of it all like like you said earlier we all have a purpose and intention for being here you know we're all just 
re rediscovering and relearning and unlearning what we were never meant to be told you know that 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 part of the paradigm is is shifting out and there's a lot of people awakening to what it is that they truly want to do or be and sometimes I think people just get lost in that you know like I was raised in a um, an environment where success was you go to school you make your money you have all the shiny things blah 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 nothing wrong with that but that's not my version of success you know my version of success is um, just really feeling comfortable in this thing that I'm in right now. Like, you know, being able to look in the mirror and saying, Margaret, I love you. Like, you're an amazing human being. I can't believe you're still standing there after all the stuff that's happened in your life for you to learn to become who you are. So I think, um, you know, I, th I think ultimately from what I'm feeling and hearing, like this, you also share this view, you know, it's so it doesn't really matter, but at the same time it does. Like, you know, nothing matters, but everything counts, you know, because, mm. because everybody's going to have a unique journey. Everybody's going to have a unique um, roller coaster, you know, but at the same time, it's just, just about finding whatever it is that sets your heart and soul on fire and doing that, you know, and there's going to be challenges, but there's, there's people available for you if, um, if if you you're in you're in that pit and you're like what the hell do I do right now you know like you know the importance of like what you did I mean just going back to the beginning of your story as a three-year-old you know mm -hmm. like having your parents split and going through all that change and abandonment and you know emotional like you were just you just wanted to be loved and you know a lot of people don't feel like they're worthy or loved that's probably two of the biggest things that crucifies a, a lot of people you know yeah. And then how do you navigate through that? How do you go through the journey and go, uh, I'm, you know, like you don't think it's going to be okay, but we know with just the small life experiences that we've had and like because we're in the first trimester, we've actually got the capacity to live to 160 if we nurture and, you know, feed mm -hmm. our beautiful bodies and take care of ourselves. But, you know, just, um, yeah, sharing your story. And I, I'm still processing like all the things that, you've shared with me because we've been talking for a while but I, I could sit here for hours with you um and you know just just whoever's listening it doesn't matter what your story is I mean I've interviewed people in the last how oh, would I don't even like saying the word interviewed I've just shared stories with people you know opened up um opened up the space and had heart-to-heart -heart conversations with people that have been like at the pits of drug addiction you know, um, at the mercy of things like meth, at the at the mercy of judgment, at the mercy of shame, you know, all of these things compounding to to try and rip your life apart. But they've they've they're here. Like, you know, I had a guest um, the other day, a woman that I'm so deeply connected with that fought leukemia with epigenetics. You know, you, you talk to people about things like that and they're like, how? I don't know how but your body knows how so let, let's talk let's connect let's ground let's become present with the life force that is in you you know and um yeah we can shift anything like you are a magician you are the alchemist you know i don't even know where all that came from but that's that was beautiful <laughs> that's <what> came, <laughs> <laughs> that came through me just now um but look you know i i just want to say Thank you so much for um, being totally open and vulnerable about all the things that 
you've experienced and you're still so young you've still got so much more to give and I'm so grateful that even in the times where you wanted to just you know um, jump into the ocean and be a whale but not know how to swim and give up that you didn't you know um, that you made the decision to um, take your take your lessons and continue to work on yourself and help others in the process and help others in your journey but I think what I want to know is um you know, if you've got one last message, if today was your absolute last day on earth and you had one message to give to the world, what would that be? Wow. Okay. One last message for the world. Love put in as much love into life as you can love without measure don't hold back with loving yourself and and wanting to and wanting to serve people that way our love our love lets our light shine and and tre- treasure each moment. I believe that we have to have experiences and make memories. I don't believe we're going to take our cash with us on the other side. <laughs> but the memories, all the, all these beautiful memories we are able to create in a lifetime, embrace that. That's what I would say. I love that. Don't forget to remember, you know, um, it's so it's so it's it's so simple but at the same time it's such a um you know such a profound just beautiful download and yeah I, I absolutely agree with you you know the answer to everything in my view of the world is love it doesn't matter what the question is the answer is love and if you can live from that space and authentically embrace that it's an absolute game changer um so I'm sure that there are so many people that have listened or maybe just gone into total trance listening to your story because there's so many moving parts that are that are happening in this little podcast <laughs> um, that want to reach out to you and connect. So if they do want to do that, how can they do that, Nathaniel? Yeah, great. Uh, if people want to connect with me, I am on Facebook, Nathaniel Dickey. I'm on Instagram, Nate Dog. D-A-W-G, Nate Dog Kung Fu. That's my, my handle. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where pe- that's best for people to get a hold of me. Awesome, awesome. And we're not talking about Nate Dog the singer or Snoop Dogg. It's Nate Dog Kung yep. Fu. Let's just get that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nickname well, I was given. <laughs> I knew there was a story behind that as well. I think maybe in your younger days, you know, you pulled out a bit of rap, maybe. I don't know. I'm just assuming. <laughs> I've actually learned so you... a few rap songs off by heart because I love that rhythmical flow, to be honest. Quite funny. <laughs> it's all about living in the right frequency and vibration, right? So, you know what? Maybe next time we can do a bit of a music thing together. I'm not a very good singer, but I've got time to learn, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cool. <laughs> 
All right, awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this um, episode of Emerge from Your Box podcast. Thank you so much, Nathaniel, for taking the time out of your day um, in beautiful South Africa. I can't wait to visit. There's so many spaces and places there that people have shown me photos of, and I'm like, no, I need to go there in physical form myself and experience it and feel it and see it. Um, And, yeah, until the next episode, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. All right, but apart from the fact that the internet gods didn't comply for 70% of the time, went really well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you, Margaret, and thank you for what you do and bring into this world. You're frozen. I can't see, I can't see you moving. <laughs> okay, yeah.